Hey, listeners, before we get started, if you're enjoying these episodes, you can actually check them out on YouTube in full video. You can just search Honest Ecommerce and you'll get pulled right to our channel. Make sure you subscribe and ring the bell for all the updates. With iOS 14.5, I think that's something that, that's really changing the e-commerce game where, where you know, it's not about just pumping money into ads anymore. Welcome to Honest Ecommerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honesty Commerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And today, I'm welcoming to the show the co-founder and CEO of Sunday Citizen, a brand committed to making the world's softest betting. Mike, how are you doing today? Good, Chase. Thank you for having me. Oh, uh, yeah. This is going to be a fun one. You've got a pretty unique story here. So I'm interested to dive in. So take me back. Uh, you worked as an investment banker for some time. Uh, when did you decide to kind of turn down or, or or quit? You know, which some would say is a pretty decent job to just go hustle and be an entrepreneur. Yeah. So you know, for me, um, you know, I saw banking as a as a great experience. It was something where um, I knew I would learn a lot during those years. But pretty much, I knew before even going in that it was a temporary thing. I almost saw it like as an MBA where I was going there to learn, but I always knew that my my passion was on entrepreneurship, starting something of my own. Um, and and that's why I, I went into banking with a different mentality. It wasn't necessarily going there to build a career, but going there to learn as much as I can. And and that's what I did, you know, and you know, I I, I was there for for a couple of years, and when an opportunity presented itself, I jumped and and then started to pursue it. Absolutely. And after you left banking, uh, you had a few ventures. It seems uh, you want to give us a kind of a quick synopsis of what your first venture was like. Yeah. So I, you know, the, the world of entrepreneurship is very choppy. And Sunday Citizen was definitely not my first. And there was there's a lot of stories in the graveyard. Um, you know, there are a lot of ideas that I tried and they didn't really work. Uh, you know, my my first my first business was uh, selling a renewable a energy products for your home. You know, like some everything from solar water heaters to solar panels, LED light bulbs. It was uh, we we had a lot of a you know it was like when this whole eco revolution was starting and we thought that we wanted to help people you know update their uh, upgrade their homes through ecological products you know so that was mm-hmm. my first day a project right out of banking and it didn't work you know we tried it for a couple of years it didn't work uh, I also tried a, a selling electric motorcycles again didn't really work out um and and there were a lot of a a lot of a misses um and and then i had my first a hit sort of with uh with a company called hiving colony which does tailor-made suits so when i was in banking i saw that there was this huge need for 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 suits and i had 
I had made my suits when I was studying abroad in Hong Kong with a local tailor that made my suits, you know, beautiful fit, very high quality, a fraction of the price of what you would pay with Brooks Brothers or Hugo Boss, you know? So um, I, I started to see that there was an opportunity to go after that banking market that I had been part of and offer this, you know, very unique product with a very high value proposition. So uh, we started Hiving Colony and uh, at the, I, I actually partnered with another a banker that used to work with me at, at Barclays and Lehman Brothers. And, and we started a, with a concept that was called a tailored truck, um, where we got an old a FedEx truck. We retrofitted it. And put a 3D scanner inside the truck. It had some fabrics, uh, you know, a, a coffee bar, you know, like making it make it a nice experience. And what we would do is that we would park outside of the investment banks, and when the bankers would go out for lunch and everything, we would, you know, they would come into our truck, get scanned, choose their fabrics, and four weeks later, we would ship out their their suit. So, so that was a that was um, a, a very interesting uh, business, and, and that was the first. A business that finally started to show some success. Absolutely. And so uh, what I want to really highlight there is you tried a lot of things and you had a lot of fails, uh, you know, and why, why didn't you just give up after the first one? Yeah, look, to tell you the truth, I was still... I, it, it's once you go into, into entrepreneurship, it's difficult to go, go back into the corporate world. You know, it's, 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 for me, it was easy to go from corporate to entrepreneurship, but you know, I, I dread the day of having to go back to corporate if I ever have to, you know? Um, and to tell you the truth, I was lucky because in all of these ventures that I started, um, it, it, it all took me, I, I, all, all of them took me to China. I had a lot of work being done in China. I was constantly traveling to China. Um, I even lived there for a couple of years. Um, and I became sort of like a China expert. And I, I even set up a little office that was doing all the sourcing of products for me. And I would get people, you know, unrelated to whatever business I was pursuing during those years that they would call me and say, hey, Mike, you know, since you have this experience with China, would you help me find X in China? Would you help me find this other product in China? Right. And, and, and I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? For me, it's easy. I'm already here. I already have my office. And I, I started doing these like little side projects, which gave me that income that I needed to really survive all this time. Right. Like it, mm -hmm. it, it allowed me to have some income for, you know, that took up a very small amount of my time. And I was able to dedicate the rest of the time to all of these other projects that were not necessarily giving me a salary or an income. Um, and, but I was able to do it because of this other side, a side hustle that I had, you know? So I would say that's, that's what really allowed me to, to, to continue all these years as an entrepreneurship until I finally hit what, what worked, you know? Yeah. So um, one, one last question kind of about that, that phase in your life, which was with all with all of those, you know, startups, and, and you know, some of them didn't work out. I mean, I'm assuming that there were lessons learned with all of them, and, and all of that is useful now. Oh, for sure, for sure. Like the 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 amount of lessons that you take out are invaluable, and it's you know everything starts to build on that. And the next project you you, you launch, you'll do a better job than the last one. You know. 
absolutely i wish i had the fact but there's like some there's like a startup thing it's like founders that have done it before like the more that they failed the more likely they are to succeed which is like a really funny way right. to think about it right right yeah because you, you you learn what not to do no <laughs> absolutely so when did uh where did the idea for sunday citizen come from people are always you know there's a lot of listeners out there they want to be entrepreneurs and just ideating or, or coming up with something is is something that i feel like a lot of people have a struggle with yeah so um my relationship with the, the whole business started, like I mentioned, I had all these like sourcing clients that were asking to find products in in, in China. So one of them was um, a hotel owner. Uh, he owned uh, several boutique, very high end boutique hotels here in Miami and North Carolina, and he's a guy who's very very fabric centric. You know, like very focused on the softness of things. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and with a lot of attention to detail and he, he came to me with a problem, which was that for his hotels, he was not able to find a blanket that was both, you know, machine washable, you know, hotel, you know, use friendly, but at the same time that had that softness, right. Uh, Everything that he found soft to his liking was too delicate. You know, it had to be dry cleaned or whatever. So, he came to me with this project and that's when, you know, I, my, my family has always been in textiles. You know, my, my great grandfather was in textiles. you know, I'm a fourth generation in the textile business. So I, I, I had a lot of a expertise of in, in that field and we helped him develop this blanket for his hotels. You know, it was strictly for his hotels at first and the blankets were a huge success. Um, this blanket is actually still being sold in our website. Uh, it's called the Casablanca Throw, and it was our first product for these hotels. And guests would come into the hotel, and when they would check out, they would say, oh, I love the blanket. Where can I buy it? You know, And they were like, well, you know, we can sell it to you. Know? So we started to sell it in the lobbies of the hotels. And we, we, it was a, almost like a three-year beta where we were constantly getting feedback on the product, making improvements, getting making getting more feedback, making improvements to the point where we had a really, really nice product, you know, super soft, breathable, machine washable, you know, everything you want in a blanket. So, so we, um, you know, I mentioned I had the suit business, um, the business, the business was doing well, but I had some problems with my business partner and he sort of forced me out of that business. So I was looking for a new project and, you know, that's when we approached um, uh, this hotel owner, uh, his name is Michael. And we said, Hey, you know, let's partner together. Uh, actually it was me and my wife, you know, because my wife is, my wife is my CMO, you know, her background is also on branding marketing, you know? So we, we approached him and said, Hey, you know, let's get this. We have a great product. Now let's take it nationwide. Um, so, you know, his, you know, his background before the hotels had been on, you know, he had a, a very big brand that he sold to Black & Decker. And the way he grew, had grown that business was by going to wholesale, you know, trade shows and everything. Um, and, and, you know, when we started to look into how to sell these blankets, that was like the first instinct, you know, like let's go uh, through the wholesale uh, a market, the channel, going to trade shows, etc. But I had already received a lot of experience, you know, with my suit business on the digital marketing marketing site. And my wife mm-hmm. also had a lot of experience with the website design and everything. So we, 
we we sort of pushed on and I'm saying let's take this as a digital a, a digitally native brand going direct to consumers through our website and and that's when Sunday Citizen as a website was born you know so we 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 started you know um our first website sale took place in the summer of 2019 and at first it was only blankets you know that was that was our first day collection launch Absolutely. So um, I know that people are, are going to be mad if I don't ask this. How did you find those first sales online? You obviously... You, fa- you, you, you figured out... You're like, oh, we're onto something here with everyone giving you that awesome feedback from the boutique hotels. But how did you take that? And, and how did you launch a brand online? And how did you get those first sales? That's the most important. Like, What was that go-to-market strategy? Yeah. So I mean, as you mentioned before, one of the lessons I had learned from my previous business is you, know, you can have a great idea, but you have to have enough marketing for it. You know, everyone like, has great ideas, right? Exactly. It, it all boils down to marketing and having a, a marketing budget that, that can really last you, you know? So I went into it knowing that we had to sustain several months of, of bleeding, you know, of, of not making money, but being consistent with our marketing spend and knowing that eventually we would get to the, to a profitable level. Right. So, we we came in with with that conviction of saying you know we're gonna give it x number of months of knowing that we're not gonna be making money we're gonna have very high customer acquisition costs but eventually we'll get to where we need to end so we we started you know at the beginning we were you know paying ridiculous amount you know we started basically mainly mainly through a you know so our stories on Shopify. Uh, and all our marketing was being directed mainly to Facebook, Instagram, and Google. No, uh, at the beginning, our customer acquisition costs were extremely high, and but we started to see a very good trend. Even though we were being very unprofitable at the customer acquisition level, we started to see that the return rate was very good of our customers. You know, which is not necessarily that obvious for. Company that sells blankets, right? Like it's not a mm-hmm. you know how many blankets can you buy? But we were seeing that people were would buy our blankets, and 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 very soon, like literally a few days after receiving that first order, they would like it so much that they would place another order, and and we started to see that there was this very good a uh, loyalty to the product. A lot of people were referring their friends to us, and so even though we were still unprof- unprofitable at a uh, CAC basis, we started to see all the right trends and behavior in our customers to to give us that conviction to basically push hard ahead with marketing to the point where we we you know our, our customer acquisitions cost kept going lower 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 month over month and eventually we were running a profit you know so that's once we that once we got to that level that's when we really started to push on our advertising yeah and this was. Three years ago, right? Which you know, for those that are aren't following along with like the way that cost per acquisition costs are going, the pandemic just skyrocketed customer acquisition costs. So, the next question, uh, you know, you don't have to give me the exact numbers, but could you share a range of like what you were budgeting for for kind of these spends monthly, just so people can understand how expensive it is to build a brand that way? Yeah, you know, when we first first started, we were. We we were committing at least, I believe it was about ten thousand dollars a month 
of, of, of just, you know, consistently, uh, try, you know, trying different strategies, but, you know, committing to that amount of ad spend, you know? Yep. Once the pandemic, I mean, once we started to see that, uh, that a, a positive return on investment on our ad spend, that's when we really started to ramp it up. But we did have that mm-hmm. commitment for, for a while until we, we, we got there, no? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I tell people all the time, startups that like, you know, you can build a brand still with paid marketing, but it's expensive and you have to commit. And I'm, and I'm very thankful that you kind of shared the, the honest truth there. It's like, it didn't work for the first couple months. Oh, and, no. You know, it, it's an iterative approach. I would say it took six, seven months until we got to the point where our LTV CAC ratio made sense. Yeah, you got to get the, the flywheel started, which is... is exactly. It, it takes... It takes Especially when you're going from ground zero, there's no organic traffic to really help you out. Right. You know, and that... So, so yeah, we... But again, you know, like it took all those lessons learned from other business for me to to go into this knowing and, you know, we knew what the budget was beforehand and, you know, we, we went in with all that conviction. If you're struggling with scaling your sales, maybe Electric Eye can help. Our team has helped our clients generate millions of dollars in additional revenue through our unique brand scaling framework. You can learn more about our agency at electriceye.io. That's E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Y-E.io. Mesa is the expansion pack for your Shopify store to level up your brand. By turning all your apps into your business epicenter, Mesa can help lighten your workload and tame the day-to-day chaos of running your store. Join successful brands like Mudwater, Chubbies, and Golden to learn how to use clever workflows to get more done without more overhead. Whether you need to order details in Google Sheets, products added on Etsy, or customer information updated in your CRM, Mesa connects your data where it's needed most. To put it quite simply, Mesa is a better way to work. Browse pre-made templates for Shopify's most popular apps to get your first automation up and running in minutes. Search Mesa, that's M-E-S-A, in the Shopify App Store and download the app today. Is your store holiday ready? Now is the time to make sure you and your team are prepared for the busy season ahead. Gorgeous, an omni-channel help desk built for e-commerce has machine learning functionality that takes the pressure off small support teams and gives them the tools to manage a large number of inquiries at scale, especially during the holiday season. Gorgeous combines all your different communication channels like email, SMS, social media, live chat, and even phone into one platform and gives you an organized view of all your customer inquiries. Their powerful functionality can save your support team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. Merchants can close tickets faster than ever with the help of pre-written responses integrated with customer data to increase the overall efficiency of customer support. Their built-in automations also free up time for support agents to give better answers to complex product-related questions, providing next-level support, which helps increase sales, brand loyalty, and recognition. Eric Bandholtz, the founder of Beard Brand, says, We're a seven-figure business, and we have essentially one person on customer support and experience. It's impossible to do it without tools such as Gorgeous to help us innovate. Learn how to level up your customer support by speaking to their team. Visit gorgeous.grsm.io slash honest. Mention this podcast when you sign up to get two months free. That's g-o-r-g-i-a-s.grsm.io slash h-o-n-e-s-t. Our partner Rewind can protect your e-commerce store by automatically backing up your business critical data. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. 
It's like having your very own magic undo button. Trusted by over 100,000 businesses, from side hustles to the biggest online retailers like Nix, Paul Mitchell, and Pampers. Best of all, visit rewind.com slash honest e-commerce to get your first month absolutely free. That's rewind.com slash honest e-commerce. Getting an online business off the ground isn't easy. So if you find yourself working late, tackling a to-do list that's a mile long with your fifth cup of coffee by your side, remember, great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Klaviyo is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e-commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships. Once you set up your free Klaviyo account, you can start sending beautiful branded messages in minutes thanks to drag and drop design templates and built-in guidance. And with e-commerce specific recommendations and insights, you can keep growing your business as you go. Get started with a free account at klaviyo.com slash honest. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. So you mentioned earlier that your co-founder and CMO is your wife. I yeah. feel like that's got to be an interesting dynamic. Do you have anything to kind of share there? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's better than it sounds, actually. It actually works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it's... it's, it's it's got its challenges, you know, because all of a sudden we'll find ourselves still talking over business uh, during dinner time. And, you know, we have to say it, it becomes like this constant work environment where we have to we have to learn on how to separate that. You no, know, and saying, OK, you know, we disconnect from work and our family time begins, you know, but at the same time, it was also we're all we're both on the same page. Right. So, for example, when the business started, um, we were developing so many products and you know we were not going to a factory and saying hey show me your products and i'll choose some colors and i'll place an order we were we were co-developing products you know we were engineering products from the ground up you know from the yarn all the way to the finished product so this was a very very intensive a it it forces to be very very hands on with the factories and i had to be spending a lot of time in china for for this right so um my wife you know since she's on board she understood what the business needed you know she agreed to actually move the family to china we moved it to shanghai uh, with our two toddlers at the time you know we had two like a newborn actually she was three months old and and the toddler uh, to china you know which not a lot of wives will agree to it's it's definitely a challenge but but yeah, you know, we were all on board to make the, making this business work and to do what it takes. So we moved to China, we moved to Shanghai, um, and we were there basically until January of of 2020, pretty much right before the pandemic. We we got lucky because we it was um, Chinese New Year, so we left China before COVID started because of Chinese New Year. We went on vacation. You know, we just took like two luggages with us. We left everything in the apartment. And boom, that's when COVID hit. And we, we haven't been able to go back to China since then. That's wild. We left everything in the apartment. Yeah. Uh, well, luckily, you've got connections there that can help keep things going. Yeah, we had to send somebody to pack our things and FedEx them, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. So you guys have had a, a wild ride. You're doing, you're doing very well now. Is there anything that happened kind of, uh, you know, a mistake or something that you kind of want to tell everyone else to avoid uh, any of our listeners or maybe vice versa. There's like a huge win that you're like, we did this and it worked out really well for us. Yeah. So I think for us, you know, I'll focus on the wins where we're good at our marketing, but we really think that our strongest 
you know, our, our, our strength is product, you know, like our focus on product, product development, product quality. It, for us, it really is product first. So we were able to develop a lot of products very quickly, um, which allowed us to go, you know, like I mentioned before, we launched only with blankets. And then we, we thought to ourselves, okay, you know, this idea of soft, easy, easy care, uh, cozy experience that we have in the blankets, let's, let's bring this experience to your whole bed, to your home. So we focused on developing a, 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 the whole collection, a, a going into the comforters, pillows, bed sheets, duvet covers. A, we got into loungewear, um, a robes, a cardigans, a hoodies, etc. You know, we we launched the loungewear collection, and our marketing tagline was "Made to stay in." And this was. I'm telling you, three months before the pandemic. So <laughs> all of a sudden, we had this great collection of products uh, that, that, that as people started to stay more home, invest more in their homes, um, you know, uh, th that's when our products really, uh, you know, it really resonated. And we like to think that a product is not so much a decorative piece for your bed, it's, it's something that makes you feel better, you know, like, you know, it's a product that makes you feel it, it's almost like, you know, like babies have their, their security blankies, you know, like they don't yeah. use it for warmth. They use it like for, 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 to feel better about themselves. And it, it, that's what we found with our products. It was almost like a blankie for adults, you know, where they, you know, during the, the hard years that were 2020, 2021, people were stressed, people were anxious, not sleeping well. They really found almost this cocoon of softness in our product that just made them feel better, you know? Um, so, so we were very lucky that we, we managed to develop this whole range of products before the pandemic, you know, before I had to leave China. Yeah. Um, and, and then, uh, but then, yeah. And then the, the, the real problem was that, you know, something, I guess it, it's not just us, but it's something that we, we, as we started to grow, you know, we started to grow very quickly. Our inventory was not able to catch up, you know, and, and this was not necessarily because of the logistics problems. We had like two, 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 two currents going against us. One was the fact that we were growing so quickly. So, you know, all our sales projections were constantly being over surpassed. So mm -hmm. we found ourselves without inventory. And then the second the hurdle there was what every other company is facing, which is, you know, so logistical delays, nightmares on every front, right? So we had to face those two challenges simultaneously, which was, which was difficult, you know? Um, but luckily we had a great team in China, people that, you know, I had, you know, team that I had built myself and we were able to respond, I would say relatively, you know, relatively well. Absolutely. Now, is there anything I forgot to ask you about that you think would resonate with our audience? Yeah, I think that, you know, um, I think there's a lot of new challenges that have come up, you know, a, with iOS 14.5. I think that's something that that's really changing the e-commerce game where where, you know, it's not about just pumping money into ads anymore. Right. And. And, and yeah, look, I think that's, it, it, it sort of emphasizes the importance of focusing on great product and taking care of your customer, you know, or, you know, like 
yes, getting new customers is important, but taking care of your existing client is it can give you um, a very big competitive advantage in these in this dynamic, you know. Absolutely, I think that's the, the advantages of, of building a, a true brand over you know just kind of uh, trying to make some quick money. Yeah, and you know, for us, it was actually when we when we first started, we actually started selling on through our website and Amazon at the same time, and we quickly realized that you know with Amazon, we we were having to spend almost the same amount of money to acquire customers, but they were not really our customers, right? Yeah. It, they're Amazon. So we got to a point where we were saying, you know, why are we spending money on, on getting Amazon customers? And that's when we decided to really shift everything into our own websites. We stopped selling on Amazon and, and you know, that's what allowed us to really build that connection with the customers, you know? So we, we have all these touch points. We know what they want. We're able to offer new products when we launch them. It's 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 a whole relationship you build with them and our customers thankfully are very loyal to us. So 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 that's that's the that's how we've adapted to this new dynamic. Absolutely. And all this talk about this these amazing products, where where do people go if they're if you know you pique their curiosity? Yeah, you know, Sundaycitizen.co. Absolutely. Follow us on Instagram and and, and you know you'll we're in we're in TikTok now as well, you know. So hopefully hopefully you you see some nice product there. Yeah, we'll make sure to link to it in the show notes. Mike, thank you so much for coming on today. Perfect, Chase. Thank you. All right. I can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own business. You can find all the links in the show notes. Make sure you head over to honestecommerce.co to check out all of the other amazing content that we have. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review. And obviously, if you're thinking about growing your business, check out our agency at electriceye.io. Until next time.